Hey friends, my name is Ruckstar, editor and chief of Raving Lunatic Media. I'm here to talk to you today about ads. Whoa, 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 Ruckstar. Ads? Are you guys like selling out finally? No, 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 dear viewer. We are just going to be showing our support to the amazing shows here on Raving Lunatic Media, like Sci-Fi Malady, Zodiac Task Force, Why You Should, and the backlogs of the Quesatorium, with more to come out in the next calendar year. If you want these shows without these annoying breaks in the middle, you can follow the link in any of the bios of the shows or on our Discord, Raving Lunatic Media. You'll be brought to a subscription page which will help support your favorite creators, us. Enjoy the show and stay crazy, lunatics. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name. Sci-Fi Malady. Got out. All right, Rage, make with the answers. Nichitsha, ya ash de hon loni. Nijitian go olzen le. Not this bit again. Can you just answer the question? Benohol nihi. Nasko ke a yilzishle. Wait, wait, I think I'm getting it. You are? Sure, he's speaking like Navajo. H- how do you know? Well, I, I documentaries on like the wind talkers and stuff, duh. So why Navajo? Ado be ininizini. Taya ashte. Anilhiki it ego. Uh, probably because uh, this week's episode, Anastasi, has Navajo language in it. Makes sense. Nahasan bakaki anilhe. Chiyan taakwiji. Nahayil sodigi. Dije naha nada naa. I'm guessing Rage wants to know if he can speak Navajo the whole time. F*** no. <sighs> yeah, let's just get started. Sci-Fi Melody, Symptom 280, Anasazi, Wind Talker Files. Welcome back, sickies, to the final episode of X-Files February. And this is a special episode, aside from it being episode 280, Symptom 280, but we're back in the studio together. It has been a long time. Yeah, Rage showed up at my front door, and I looked at him, and I said, whatever you're selling, I'm not interested in buying. Please try the next house. I had forgotten what he looked like. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> right. So this is actually really cool. That we're all in the same studio and my microphone quality is going to be better this time. Yay! I'm sorry, what? Rage? You, yeah. You still there? Wait, Rage? Ha uh-huh. <laughs> So, ha, ha, ha. One of the best moments of sci-fi malady that will never make the air, although I do still have the original of that. What's that? <laughs> when your phone cut out in the middle of the episode... <laughs> And I and and I had to wrap us up and do your spiel oh. about what to watch on RavingLunaticMedia.com or what to listen to. See, yep. I do not. That was good. I didn't listen to that part. Fortunately, Ruck fixed that. So no, no, no. The part that won't air. Yeah, it is will. The best part is one of the things that will live inside by malady. We just sit there and go. Uh, rage isn't here. Okay. Okay, uh, WW. Wow, watching them, (laughs) watching them fail through it, that would be funny. I thought you meant the uh, this episode where Scott's chair broke. That was the first episode. That was the very first episode, which was not about sci-fi. I don't even think we called it sci-fi malady yet. That wasn't. We didn't even have a name. We didn't have a name. We just did a podcast about. Oh, what was it? DLC and gaming. DLC, yeah. And that was the one where Scott leaned back in his chair. It broke, and you just heard, crack. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a good episode. It's so terrible. Thomas hadn't even joined the show yet. No, this was way before. Way before my time. Yeah, and and that was uh, one of the five episodes that Nick was in. Yeah. This was back in the day where... Oh, man. We would decide the topic the day of. Yep. Rage would get to the studio and be like, how about we just talk about this? Yep. <laughs> and that was just you and I, honestly, yeah, right. because it was it was Nick and Corey for the first couple episodes. Then Nick disappeared, came back. You guys did the best episode ever. 
Um, in your opinion. In the wasteland, in my opinion, yeah. And uh, then they disappeared, and it was just you and I for a while. Yep. It would be like every Thursday night or something. But anyway, enough walk down memory lane, because we got to do memory lane for X-Files Season 2, the final episode of the season, Anasazi, which ends on a cliffhanger which oh means boy a big cliffhanger we have to begin the next x-files and yes we're doing x-files season three don't worry sickies but that means we have to pick up where we left off because even if it's not a great episode we have to finish this scott already finished it he couldn't wait <laughs> so do and, you blame and i don't him? blame him i don't blame him thinking maybe more x-files may <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Monster May. Okay. He already has that selected. We're, Come we're on, already, we're already planned out. So again with X Files April. <laughs> no, that's going to be something else. So that's going to be Anime April Part Two. So I see. We're already planned out, Scott. Okay, programming has it under. We got this on lock. But the point is, for now, Anasazi. It starts with an earthquake in Navajo country, and the kid notices a piece of metal uncovered by the dirt because of the earthquake whether or not it's a spaceship or otherwise well you're led to believe it's a spaceship because this kid brings home to his family essentially a dead alien and they tell him to put it back and then we come to find out that Mulder is sick well we think he's sick because right now uh and you guys can help fill in gaps if i'm suddenly forgetting but he is being drugged by the FBI because there, now there's a, what do they call that? Operation M or Case M? MJ. It? MJ. Yeah. The Majestic 12. They're files. trying, all these government workers at the UN are trying to cover this up. And so a guy, not in the smoking gun group, but another guy whom the smoking gun knows, uncovers this file. Puts it on an old reel-to-reel cassette tape, which, boy, was that interesting, seeing the old cassette put into the computer. Also, I'm looking at that going, I don't think that would hold all that file, but okay. No, but okay. <laughs> and because he was very careless, he got... I, I love how the guy who can hack into the National Security Database is also careless. Yeah, well, I, I don't know why. It, it, it fits the story, okay? Story, I know. Story so comes tell, first. He tells the smoking gun guys, and the smoking gun guys go to uh, Mulder to tell him, hey, you've got to go meet with this guy. And they meet in the botanical gardens. He passes off the cassette. Mulder opens it up and sees what he thinks is gibberish, but Scully tells him, no, it's, it's Navajo. In fact, it's because she knows people who are Navajo and knows what that looks like. So she promises to take this tape to them to look at. I'm just going to say that's quite impressive. Yeah. Well, recognizing Navajo that quickly because again, wow, it's in I the recognize script. the long string of consonants. I mean, it's it's not really amazing. I mean, if you can also some of those aren't consonants. It's just vowels with syllables. I, mean, I don't know what it says, but I can recognize certain like Seneca language because I've driven by, through Seneca country and I know what they have their signs on the highway posted in Seneca language. So I know what it looks like. Don't ask me what it says, but um <clears throat> so that's not unbelievable. Well, I'm I'm not saying it's unbelievable. I'm just saying it was a little, a little faster than I would have expected. Okay, sure. Okay, I'll give you that. Um so while she's doing that, she also finds out that Mulder is being investigated. Uh, in fact, he's at the FBI trying to find out some stuff, and he assaults Skinner. Because what Why? What did Skinner ask him that got him mad? Come into my office. <laughs> Come into my office, and Mulder was um, being irritable. Yep. He had a fever, and he He, he just, wanted to confront him yeah. about the file that he, and he, that just, he knows Mulder has, Yeah, too. and so he... <laughs> now, admittedly, there is a scene a bit earlier that kind of clues you into something's wrong. Yeah, but you don't know it. You find out later, for yes. sure. Well, you find the scene being that when the... Magic 12, whatever, show up with Mulder's apartment, he, an old lady in the same apartment, decides just to, at that time when they're there, to shoot her husband of 30 years. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. A detail I forgot. When Scully's visiting his apartment, you hear a gunshot, and just randomly she shoots him, because who knows why. It's a nice lead-in, but you don't know why. You know it's important. It's clearly a Chekhov's gun, but for the life of you, like all good Chekhov's guns, you don't know why. 
Uh, so Mulder punches his boss. He's put on administrative leave. There's going to be to some leave. There's going to be some disciplinary procedures. Scully's being interrogated. What do you know? You're hiding something. And Mulder's getting fever. She's getting irrational and crazier. And we come to find out that Scully sees that the a company is dropping off salt pellets for to create soft water in his apartment. And it turns out they're drugging his water. Yep. Reminiscent of let's drug Castro. So when he goes out scuba diving, he swims. <laughs> Um, uh, yet one of many attempts along many with attempts. exploding, exploding cigars and, Man, and smallpox. Oh yes. The we smallpox, uh, <laughs> smallpox scuba gear. I mean, what? I, I, you know, they were creative, I guess. But anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, it's okay. They named a street in San Francisco. <laughs> it's full of what? <laughs> <laughs> well, also you get to meet Mulder's dad. Yeah, who incidentally was part of this file until they decide to kill him because he knows too much. And he does talk to Mulder and try to war him, but then he gets killed and Mulder gets bent out of shape. And then the drug, obviously. Also, the drug makes people The drug makes him worse. He thinks Scully's in on it. And eventually he passes out. Scully takes him to Navajo country where he wakes up and she explains the whole thing about you were on drugs. You're not, you weren't yourself. And she also find he also finds out that the tape was put into Navajo when code talk from World War II, and it was translated by a code talker that she knows. And she comes to and Mulder comes to find out that this file had every piece of existence of UFOs that the U.S. government had. They just kept under wraps, and where they were had a vessel with experimentation done on aliens. Or humans, as it was called. They call it cargo, I think. Or cargo merchandise. or uh, merchandise. merchandise. So this kid takes Mulder to the uh, the area where he saw the, the, vet, the metal container under the ground earlier. Mulder gets a phone call from the smoking man, who which he answers and stays on the phone long enough to get traced because Mulder's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again. And, uh, of course, the military shows up. Mulder, while Mulder is going inside this container, it's an old refrigeration train car. He rubs off part of the dirt to find that first. Yep. And he jumps inside and sees a pile of alien bodies. And calls. (laughs) Calls for help, but it doesn't matter because the government has shown up, apprehended the native kid that saved him, and then they blow up the uh, car that Mulder's in. Full of... What looks to be aliens Alien. with smallpox vaccine marks. Yes, that's thank you for the smallpox vaccine marks, which means the other cryptic thing Mulder's dad yeah. told him he would find out about, which is very reminiscent of War of the Worlds. Dun, dun. Luckily, today there's not so many uh, wonderful fun facts, but here we go. Luckily? Uh, I guess. So this was supposed. This was filmed in Vancouver, like everything else in the world, for some reason. Cheap. That's why it's always. I, cost. I don't get how, but okay. Flim Springfield. <laughs> you need proper spelling. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have proper spelling. That's the perfect place. Uh, but because the Vancouver Canyons rock was naturally gray, it was painted red to seem more like the southwestern U.S. I guess you know. Uh, to create the impression of a buried train carriage, a depression had to be blown into the ground and 32 dump trucks worth of debris removed. They were dedicated to their craft, folks. You couldn't dig? <laughs> yeah. You had to use explosives to dig a hole for a boxcar? <laughs> yep. Maybe they just thought it was more fun that way. I don't it know. It probably was a lot quicker, too. Just going to say. <laughs> uh, and, and fire in the hole. Done. I guess, I guess it was rock. Yeah, and then the last one that's really worth noting is that Chris Carter, the show's showrunner and creator, he appears as an FBI agent in this episode because why not? I caught one. What's that? I got one you missed this week. Awesome. I think what? David Duchovny has a writing credit in this. Does he? He shares yes. the writing credit with Chris I Carter. Did not see yeah. that. He shares the screenplay credit. Okay, so essentially, this is a. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's a. Uh, Roswell episode 
And what if the government, however, it runs deeper, because obviously this starts at the U.N. with more than one nation being involved. Um, so. And of course, they use the drug thing to get Mulder. Now, why would they spend so much time to go after Mulder? Was he really that close prior to this incident? Because the what what made this truck get this train car get revealed was an earthquake, not because of any particular just an earthquake that happens. And but why are they going after Mulder when he clearly because he's clearly getting drugged before he gets the tape? Yeah, there's some oh man. These are some technical rips that don't that don't rise to the level of nitpicking. So <clears throat> this doesn't start rips and picks, but. Yeah, I do have I do have some problems with this unless there's things laid down in a couple episodes before this that I didn't see or that I don't remember watching. But you have an A story, which is the finding of the of the um, MJ file, mm-hmm. which is a callback to Majestic, which is a callback <coughs> to Majestic Twelve, and they're trying to make that even more obvious. Which, by, by the way, multiple yeah, different people. I was gonna say, Phil, Phil the sickies in about Majestic and Majestic Twelve. I mean, it's not confirmed. There's there's belief that there are declassified papers about a group called Majestic 12, which was a council, a group of 12 people who handled all of the information about UFOs in the 40s and the 50s. The problem is that most of those, there's a lot of people who believe that they have debunked the authenticity of the Majestic files and that they're fakes. So you either believe that some of these Majestic 12 and and MJ-12 files have been leaked already, or you believe that they've been debunked, which can then get you into cover and confusion, which is the government's letting you believe that they've been debunked or that they're fake or that they're letting this argument and the conspiracy go on so that you don't actually start digging further into you know, where they don't want you to actually look. But Wow, what an, a multi-layered, ever-self-feeding conspiracy. It, it, it always gets deeper. No, they want you looking here. They don't want you looking here. There's always a reason to well, go deeper. But it, it, that's the same one as Area 51. They just want you looking there when they don't want you looking at Area 52. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, yeah. But I will say that... Um, by the way, do those Weebos ever make it to Area 51 by charging it? Uh, no, there was like... A hundred that showed up at the gate. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they basically had a party and then everyone went home. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, Majestic 12 is the holy grail, though, of UFO research. It's the 12-person. Some people will tell you that George Bush, the first George Bush's father, was on that council. And some people will tell you, I think, um, not Dulles. Who's the other? Um, I forget. It's one of the big founding fathers in, in uh, CIA intelligence. Oh, yeah. I, um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but there's there's a Truman. <laughs> no, no, honestly, no. But there there's a belief that there were twelve people who were who were on this council that that knew what happened at Roswell, were investigating the technology, and that everything with what the United States knows about UFOs goes back to the Majestic Twelve files, and that we have some of them already declassified, at least hinting at the existence of MJ Twelve. So. That's a big callback that's hidden, even though the closest they get out is the majestic stuff. Yeah. But um, here's the problem. That's the A story. Then you get this kooky B story about a boxcar full of aliens that the government experimented on with smallpox uh, vaccines. But didn't incinerate or Didn't incinerate and just buried in the ground. Well, also in New Mexico. Problem being, you don't. It doesn't exactly tell you if these are humans or if these were aliens. It says they're humans, but they look like aliens. Yeah. Uh, so is this mutated? a is this a hybrid? Was this some kind of experimentation? There's a million questions that right. they don't answer with that one either. And nope. also, made, and this this B story doesn't need to be in here. Yeah, it's all story. Yeah. the story would have made more sense if they had been like a thousand ET cartridges, right. ET Atari cartridges, I which think, were in the desert, by the way. <laughs> I think this is just it's it, it's a way to get Mulder out of Washington, in, in uh-huh. a way to get him somewhere else on the run, and and to pad out something, because the main story here, the reason they're trying to kill him is he now had he hadn't, he hasn't gotten too close. He has it. Uh-huh. He has the truth. He has the smoking gun. 
He has what he needs to expose everything. The file, you mean? Exactly. He's got the majestic files, the MJ twelve, the MJ file. He's got it decrypted. He's getting it translated. <coughs> he's got it. So that's why they're trying to kill him. The problem is the episode leads you to believe that Mulder is being poisoned long before the file is hacked. And that's the problem I'm wondering. If it happened after the fact, I okay, fine, I get it. It's silly, but whatever, it works. We're yep. on a conspiracy th- show, so why not? But before, I mean, I know he's a nuisance, but clearly according to the this Majestic 12 or whomever, he was almost kind of like a, a dope. I mean, you would think the real threat would have been X, who had to go <laughs> underground. Who because, doesn't appear in this episode. No. Who doesn't appear, but clearly he would be the bigger threat because he's willing to go the extra mile and do the things that Mulder isn't willing to do. And he has real power. Yeah. So that's the guy you would think should have at least been involved in this, whereas Mulder's almost the dupe, like the patsy. Like, you know, who's going to believe you? But the, the story makes far more sense if Mulder is normal until he meets um, the hacker yeah, and then after Smoking Man finds out that he's got it, and they trace it to him. Yeah, then they start moving in to poison him and slowly drive him insane. Yeah, uh, because you're also figuring out that they're trying to set Mulder up to look like he's gone crazy, and to be removed from the FBI and mm-hmm. to be probably arrested for murder. I mean, they're they're trying to get Scully to rat him out. Correct. Yeah, and, and it's odd again that you sit there and go, okay. They haven't been worried about him. He's chasing, you know, sometimes rabbit, you know, holes where it goes nowhere. Satanic murders in the uh, middle of nowhere. Right. It's like, okay, congratulations, you got nothing again. I mean, honestly, most of this is you, you chase something, you got no evidence. Yeah, Mulder's no more successful here than the MUFON investigators and uh, that, that British dude who's on every single extraterrestrial, oh. extraterrestrial alien show commenting because he used to be part of the, the government of Britain in some... <laughs> security level he's nothing yeah he's yeah. just he's like a he's like a ufo convention celebrity at this point but no it, it, it's odd because yes you're absolutely right that's like you're talking about a guy who yes is investigating this stuff but hasn't gotten any evidence he's at best a nuisance it's a minor flaw and it doesn't wreck the episode and if you just don't think about it you're fine the yeah, episode works the bigger, the bigger, and probably get more into this later, the bigger problem I have with this episode, the thing that I have to work really hard to ignore, is, is the whole kooky B-plot with um, Navajo windwalkers and... Yeah, well, that, that one I found... I, I'm just going to get into it right here a little bit. I found it weird because it's like, okay, so we are going to have a classified document, and we're going to encrypt it. Sure. Okay, makes sense. How are we going to encrypt it? We're going to not encrypt it. We're just going to translate it into Navajo with no encryption with, on top of it. With uh, with an encryption that everybody is well aware of by now. Because <clears throat> if you wanted to, you could Google the World War II Windtalker code. Exactly. Uh, I know Turtle was Google wasn't to be really t- a thing yet, but yes, I, I know. Yeah, but, but I'm still, saying it was on the books. It's a broken code. It would be yes. like using on an enigma books. machine. Now, yeah, now I apparently, total. I guess you could kind of get away with it, being that this was supposedly encoded, like, right after World War II. Uh, yeah, but again, still. the books were out there. People oh, no, I agree. I, and that's kind of my point, where I'm like, this makes no sense that you what? used... You didn't even encrypt it, really, make because what you do is you just translated it from one language to another. That's it. Yeah, just make another coded language, even if you're using English... Just make another language. Why would this file even be on the internet? Well, it's not on the internet. Well, that's okay. It is on the internet. It is. And this is the other problem being that if this file existed, it would possibly be, it would, okay, it would be within files so you could access it, but it wouldn't be on the internet. It'd be on the internal data storage, which would not have any connection to outside internet connections, and the only way you could access it (laughs) would be a local network. It'd probably be in some reel-to-reel thing machine. Yeah. I mean, something like this might still just be in the 
physical. Yeah, it, you vinyl. probably still have a physical copy es- of it. Especially something you'd this have a hard big. copy. You would have a hard copy inside of a skiff room. You this, wouldn't. You wouldn't put something this yeah. big. You wouldn't put it online. I mean, I mean, these are people that know that doesn't take much. You don't. Someone can sit down with them and say, you know, if you put it online like that, it's gonna be there. Someone's gonna find it. Well, again, this is why you, you, the problem being it's obviously a hard copy at some point. Someone had to have scanned it in, right? Which deliberately. Who on earth has the classification to scan in that top secret? I don't care if it's and a Navajo. Why would you if you're trying to keep it under wraps? Like we're trying to keep this under wraps. So let's put it online for everyone to access. Unless it's what? a red herring. Oh, gosh, not this again. I mean, that's <laughs> no, the problem. I, this... this is clearly a case of Chris Carter being, ooh, cool, internet hackers fi- stumbling into something. It's that same old trope, and especially at this era when the internet was just coming online. I mean, the PC well, I, was... I'm not going to say he's wrong, though, because I can show you evidence. It's no longer there because they luckily fixed this, but of P- internet access of a... Dam in Netherlands that was completely open with no firewall. Be sure, but I mean, people are pretty bad when they put a dam that controls thousands of gallons of water right. from flooding a city on the World Wide Web without any password or any firewall. And it was really, huh? I think, at the time, especially back then, this is the early 90s, it was very easy to just be really fictitious about the internet. Uh, I mean, they are now, too, but it was more so because PCs were had only been in common usage for a few years. Most houses did not have a computer in the early 90s. And Internet access internet was access was limited. You needed a phone line and most people didn't. And back then, I think, <laughs> in 93, I think you basically had Prodigy and what was the other one? CompuServe. That were the big ones. We AOL, CompuServe, Prodigy, this was a, this Netscape. This before AOL. We had yeah. Prodigy. Yep. And, and you got a CD that you had to load in <laughs> yeah. to give you your so browser and your about, 20 hours of internet. This was before access. all that. I mean, my, my dad had Prodigy, and he had to he would start downloading and go to work <laughs> and come home because it took that long. Uh, you better not lift that phone up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you did, you got to hang that up right now quickly, you know, lickety split, and hopefully you didn't <laughs> break connection. But... Um, so, yeah, that was all – so it was easy to make those connections it was, or make those stories up because who's going to counter it? Right. The average person doesn't have a clue. Uh, probably Chris Carter didn't have a clue, and it was yeah. it was sexy for the story. But, uh, you know, that, that begs the question, too. So take let's take the Earth's response out of this. <clears throat> if there are aliens, how come, you know, take away – well, how come the aliens are apparently following the prime directive? <laughs> because that's what I got to wonder. I've always wondered about it. from alien abduction, April until the X-Files to now. Okay. There's aliens. Fine. Okay. I get that. They're all nicely following the prime directive. What the heck? Anyone I, care to explain that one? To I me? do have an answer for this. Go for it. Because they're not here, and the visitations of the aliens only exist in the mind of conspiracy theories like ancient okay. alien hairdo guy, and the aliens Giorgio will Suclio? act... Giorgio Suclis. Yeah. Suclis, whatever. Aliens, bro. But but, uh, but <laughs> no, they, so the, the, the writers of the alien conspiracies and abductions and landings and Roswell fiction will do what writers of fiction do. Sure, they will have the aliens act in the way and be motivated in the way that the plot requires them to be. But I'm asking in universe, assuming alien in the world of X Files, where aliens are real. Okay, I got an answer for you then. Okay. If we're going out in universe in the X Files, yeah, the reason why they are is because they have agreements with the governments. I see. So they've already landed, like in Roswell, and agreed with the human governments that you give us this we give you that we behave let's say and you don't get in our way 
So it's like a combination of that National Enquirer article about uh, alien backs Clinton back in the 90s and alien backed Bill Clinton. <laughs> well, and uh, what was the other one? Um, oh, in date in Chappelle's show when he was like, this is Bibble. Bibble's responsible for all our high technology in the last 20 years from the Internet to computers to PlayStation. Yeah, it, it kind of is where in universe and most of the time when this happens in these stories and in universe is always this idea of the governments have now sided with aliens basically to get technology and they cover up for them and both sides get what they want. Doesn't make sense when you actually think about no, it, but that, falls that's apart. What I'm, that's a species what I'm, that can travel, that has the energy resources to travel interstellar distances. Does not care about something being secret. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, though. Even if they, even if they wanted to make contact, I'm thinking of the old cartoon. Like I, um, I guess the only way it would make sense is if they're only here to observe a species that is unaware of our exist of their existence. That's the only way, and then it's, it's also stupid. So polite that they all follow the prime directive. But what I'm wondering is, it's like the. Um, what do you call it? Like the old cartoon Galaxy Rangers where two alien species come to Earth for help. I forget why, but they did. And that led to us having a technology boost. But they actually made contact. Or um, what was the other one I'm thinking of? Or from um, Valerian where the aliens made contact. Or I'm, the Vulcans, obviously. That's another good one. Uh, or the day the earth stood still when they came and said, we don't want to get involved with you because you're not ready to be involved with the intergalactic community. But just as a heads up, if you bring your nukes out here, we're going to eradicate you. Yeah, it, it always has to go this way because any aliens that could make it to Earth, way more advanced. Your other option is Battlefield Earth, <laughs> which has no solution that makes any sense. Hence, yeah. A horrible story. Mm. Even worse when adapted to a film with John Travolta playing oh, the big bad yes. guys. Oh. And then you don't get X-Files, so... Right. No, no. It, in, in universe, they follow the prime directive in, in, uh, because you can't get a good story if they're not. Yeah. You All basically right. can't. That's fine. That, I mean, that's, Independence that's, Day. Yeah, so it Which does, still doesn't which make sense. Which still makes no sense. Our computer technology is going to get through their firewall and give them a virus. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They've probably got quantum computing, buddy. Also, somehow, our missiles that can't get through them can also destroy them if you just shoot it up at the laser? Exactly. Oh. Shoot their main weapon, and somehow that causes a chain reaction that blows the whole thing up. That was clearly a case. That was clearly a case <laughs> of, um, we don't know how to get rid of these, so if you could just, you know, find a way, that'd be great. Well, yeah, it, it's how all aliens get. You have to go, ah, aliens advance. They uh, get fooled by... St- Stupid human trick. Yeah. Thank God Cousin Eddie huh? was there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think uh, we, you know, we've cleared that that hurdle. I think we could get into rips and picks. And the first pick I want to address is Mulder. You better be on drugs still because even you know answering the phone, they can get a trace. Okay. The moment he answers the phone and hears the smoking man, it should have been hang up phone off even back then triangulation was a thing uh triangulation was a thing during world war ii exactly he shouldn't have taken the phone with him bingo if you're gonna take the phone with you at least once you realize oh shoot hang up phone off and break it well you needed to call scully uh, which is stupid too they're tracking her phone too yes yeah. but again this if we're going into that let's also go into the okay if the military is going to do something and want to hide it we're just going to bury a box car we're not going to burn it incinerate it or do it we're just going to bury it don't worry nothing's ever going to happen with in that. the middle of the desert uh, it's like mobster logic in vegas yeah We'll do what we did with Jimmy Hoffa with it. Actually, we won't even we won't even um, <laughs> take that much precautions. Yeah, um, no one will ever find yeah. it. In and then that? Smoking Man gets there and he's like, "Burn it! That's all we need to do. We don't need to recover well, this thing. Yeah, we don't yeah. Need to get wait, out of here. Wait a minute, guys! You didn't think about doing that years ago? Mulder's dead. Did you find his body? Nah. I'm certainly dead because he's 
trapped in a box car that's chemically on fire with no other exit except the hatch that's spewing fire. Yeah. But that's that, that's the other rip. And you guys decided now's the time to do this. Clearly, it hasn't mattered much to you in the last 50 years. So... Well, they found it. They found it now. I mean, just, just, irre- just burn them, please. Just burn the evidence. I'm not sure that the the military is going to let an an FBI honcho uh, conduct field operations like oh, that. Oh, but this oh, is the, no. this is the MGA MJ guys. It's all, it's different. And then uh, like the military man up to twelve munch, they just walk through the door, hands down, <laughs> just hits him in the face with the butt <laughs> yeah. of the gun. Yeah. Well, also the fact like, that you go, wait, wait, the military. Quite often does not even like it when the CIA shows up to do anything. No. And this guy is, you don't, he doesn't even ever flash, and you never see credentials from him. It's like, uh, yeah, these guys really, and this isn't even, the other problem being these are not special forces. These are just, like, 12 guys you grabbed off the base. That's it. Right. And they land a helicopter in the middle of the free, in the middle of the road to get Scully. Where's the file? Yeah. Molderhead. Okay, we'll let you go. No, oh, you this told is... us Molderhead. Go on your way. <laughs> okay, you're good. It, not at all conspicuous. You were in possession illegally translating the most highly classified document we have. You're good. It's okay. You gave us the hard translated copy. You couldn't have made another one somewhere. And yeah. you said Molder's got the other day. I mean, who has access to a copy <laughs> machine out here? Well, oh, and, okay, I got another one. Boy, these are interesting drugs you're using. Yeah, they give him a fever and make yeah. him Apparently it causes and enough to, a woman enough to, to shoot her husband. Shoot her husband of 30 years. And, and all it does to you is give you a bit of a cold and a bit irritable. And, and but no one else. lay out your boss in a con- yeah. dramatically convenient moment. But absolutely no one else feels sick other than you two. Yeah. Also, for the fun fact of, I just got over a cold, guys. Uh, yeah, buddy, you? are getting should be a lot worse than a cold than that and you're just popping pills like it's going out tomorrow for that yeah I this episode reinforces my theory that Mulder is a terrible field agent he's a good researcher <laughs> yeah. he's a good investigator he gets just physically manhandled by assistant director Skinner who hasn't probably seen a day in the yep. field in 20 years yeah he he's a cold cocks him Cold cocks him when he doesn't see it coming and can't That's, knock him out. Uh, he's and sick. gets put in a full Nelson. Are we done? Like someone's talking to a kid. Are we yeah. done? Well, uh, we're done here. Your argument, I guess, the argument could be that well, he's sick. He's got he's full of those drugs, so he's uh, weakened. That would okay, be later, fine if every other episode showed oh, him oh, being no, a competent hand to hand. Oh, fighter. I agree with you absolutely that right. he has no. I'm just saying you could argue that, but you shouldn't because we've seen it somehow later on in the episode. Is the other yeah. person drugged too? But he's still a terrible field agent. No. Okay, he draws an X on his window with tape, almost to tell the people who are probably coming yeah. for him. I'm right, right here. here. Yeah. It's like it's like the X file sign. I'm like, what is he doing with this bat signal that he's out of his window? Well, well, how about this dummy? You know, this is a highly classified document, and you open it on your. FBI computer? Uh, you know, I think that's another one I was <laughs> in thinking. his office. Yeah, you took it to the FBI headquarters. What? Uh, you'd be better off going to the public library. I, and you're talking to Smoking Man. Your reign is over. I'm taking you down on your cell phone. Uh, you're, yeah. you're smarter yeah. than this, Mulder. Scully's smarter than this. The plot requires you both to be idiots here. But none of this makes sense. Oh, so. The FBI and the military is going to come brutalize this Navajo family. And just they w- know that Grandpa translated the super secret document, and then they just leave him there. No, yep. no, no. Grandpa and the family are never being seen again if this document exists. Yeah. They're not yeah. leaving them there in plain sight. Come on back. You will if uh, we got a hole in the desert for you next to Mulder. <laughs> yeah. Or well, at the how very about least. this factor that you have, again, Mulder is stupid but apparently now through this episode you find out why Mulder is being protected apparently because his dad was part of this program I mean okay well I'm just going to say this if you're protecting someone you've done a really crappy job of protecting them yeah 
you, you've almost killed them multiple times. If that's protection, uh, what's not? Just shooting him right away? Because you didn't do a good job of protecting him or keeping him out of it. Yeah. You could have easily just did get him off the... X-Files completely or something if you want to protect him, honestly. Well, right. what's, what's funny is they killed the dad, but not Mulder. It's like, so the father has to go because he knows too much, but Mulder? Nah, I feel Mulder. like they were coming after Mulder, though. They shot at Scully and just nicked her head, and they thought they were going at Mulder because it was his apartment. Mm, that's that's true. But there was that guy. That's and true. that guy was coming back later. <clears throat> that's true. Coming back for him. Oh, well, I didn't get him at the house when he got his dad, but um, how bad are the cops that investigate the shooting in Mulder's apartment complex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sarah pointed this one out to me. There's just Scully been a gunshot. Pulls the, Scully pulls the bullet out of the wall, not the <laughs> cops. Yeah, Ballistics, obviously, it was like, meh. How about the opening scene, though, where the lady kills her husband? There's a gunshot, <clears throat> and the cops are arriving, and Mulder hides his gun in plain sight of the cops yep. in a murder scene. And they just, they don't even, yeah. like, they don't oh, know he's okay. an FBI agent at that point. He's in plain clothes. Well, I'm also going to say this. Those uh, police officers arrived pretty quickly to a, uh, yeah, yeah. that's wow. true. Bang. Were uh, they, did they what? just happen to be in the hallway when it happened? <laughs> you had a gunshot go off. They run out of the, the apartment and the police are already there comforting the person who committed they, the crime they were there on a separate call that just happened to be in the same hallway that's the only explanation it was a noise complaint and they were like oh holy crap later on in the show um as Mulder is riding on the back of the dirt bike after he <laughs> shot it <laughs> oh yeah this arm. one this one's sarah scott's she wife caught it up. again he's he shot through the right arm and he's holding on to the back of the dirt bike with both hands no, you're nope. not. And later on, they fixed that because he's holding, he's got his right arm up on his chest and he won't use his right arm for anything later on. But in that episode, either David Duchovny or the stunt actor on the back of the back of the dirt bike didn't feel secure enough holding <laughs> on with one hand. You know, that that's one of those dumb nitpicks you can kind of let go. But since we're on rips and picks. Exactly. Yeah. So, which we've ripped a lot. I mean, what kind of good picks do you want to give? Ooh, I, I, have I have a, a great pick. pick. I, I have an amazing pick. pick. I have a good pick I want to start with. If you don't okay, mind. go right ahead. Even though it is misplaced, the drugging molder was a good idea. Because, yes, you can't just outright kill him. He's an active FBI agent. Unless you stage it well. But if you get him drugged up and acting crazy, you know, it, it's, it reminds me of that old Simpsons episode where Kang and Kodos kidnap Homer and bef- and like make themselves look like Bill Clinton and Bob Dole. But before they leave, the oh, yeah. before they leave, they're like, Oh, you're still here. So they spray him and he's like, Oh, what are you spraying me with rum? So no one will believe your story. <laughs> <laughs> and well, all you have to do is just, you know, tie yours a rope around the neck, hang them upside down, shoot him in the head and call it a suicide. I mean, you could do that, too. But <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it isn't bad. It's just one of those. Because, I mean, even in The Simpsons, guys, you won't believe I was there about to catch the biggest fish in my life when I was kidnapped by aliens. Sure you were, Rummy. <laughs> you know, I think I just resolved the the conflict as to why Mulder was being drugged. Early? Early. Okay. Smoking Man is just trying to get him out, period. Not that he's that close. His dad's in it. He wants to protect mm. him. Mm-hmm. Smoking man is, if he can get him out without killing him, he can make him go insane, be irritable, act crazy, get put on disciplinary action. This whole thing is in motion to get mm. Mulder removed. It was just uh. a very convenient set of timing. Right. That he Which gets isn't the, impossible. Yeah. It, it conveniently, now we can advance the plot from we don't have time for him to go insane, but we're going to kill his father. And then, you know, he could have been, you know, the blame for killing his dad that didn't work so now we have to advance you know with killing yeah. him actually at this point and, well and conveniences happen so that's not yeah. impossible i have a pick all right yeah oh yeah yeah your turn go for it i really like these the design of these aliens or mm. humans or, that, that is, was very good it's a really good design that kind of gets you in the mix where you don't know it was this human was this alien i don't know but it looks really good yeah no that's true the effects were the ma- the makeup was once again quite good on this yeah. it was like oh wow that looks like what you'd think aliens look like and oh wow there's a lot of them and 
you take a still photo of one of those, you know, bodies in the car, that's really good. Yeah. No, that was very good. And it did make you think, like, are these mutated humans or aliens? Yeah. I mean, probably, you're 90% sure they're aliens, but the report did say experimentation. Yeah. And also, at the beginning, when you first see it laying on the out, the comments that the father, you know, grandfather makes are very interesting. Take it back. They will be looking for they it. They will be looking for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, interesting. Yeah. And again, this whole thing leads you up to believing quite a lot of things, and I love it. Well, and I don't know if they show up. <clears throat> I don't quite remember if he shows up later, but clearly that guy. Well, he's the one part. who translated it. Yeah, he translated it, and so he must have some firsthand knowledge because obviously they decided to use wind talkers again for some reason. And this is just after the war, so he would have still been familiar with the code. So, um, yeah, yeah, and again, I <clears throat> this uh, we did rip into this, but it's also a pick. And it does make sense. Yeah. No. If I'm, you're using Navajo, it makes some sense. You might I'm, as well go go all the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's right after World War II. <clears throat> what do we have? We have Navajo wind talkers. A completely uncracked code. Yeah. It does kind of work. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. I mean, even... Now, up to this date, yes, you have the ability really easily to find Navajo words and translate. Yeah. Right after World War II... Navajo was a pretty much dead language that and was only taught uh, and talked by one group, the only people who could understand it, and no one had really passed it out or even written it down. And, I mean, you unless you went and got a specialized book, the code, I mean, who would have had that? <clears throat> yeah. It would make sense as a close to unbreakable enc- encryption. After World War, right after the war, right? Yes. No, it that's makes less true. sense as time goes on. And that's yep. you, you, you kind of have to give them that break because yes, it makes sense for the time they're in. So you can't, it's you don't want to commit the historian's fallacy on that. I have more ribs. Of course you do. <laughs> Scully calls Mulder over to her place because they'll be looking for him. He shows up with blood-soaked murder crime evidence on his shirt. (laughs) Rather than get that off and change him and work on destroying the evidence, she lays him down in bed immediately, transferring the evidence to the bed. (laughs) Uh, They also had this conversation over the phone, which they both know that those records can be... Get that. Um, The communication places Mulder at the murder scene, places Mulder (laughs) fleeing the murder scene, to Scully's house. She's aiding and abetting. But then she puts Mulder to bed fully dressed. <laughs> Mulder wakes up the next morning in his boxers. That's true. I got a Red Shoe Diary vibe from that one. Yeah. Uh, the question is, did she remove him or does he just strip off his clothes while he sleeps? You know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> it it and you're right. It's like wow. I love it when detectives are stupid. <clears throat> and I, it, it's not impossible that they could be stupid, but at the same time, Scully, you should know better. <clears throat> Why does Mulder never think to call nine one one after his dad shot? His dad's still trying to talk to him. Um. Well, remember, Mulder trusts no one. The truth is out there. So I guess that's the reason for that. Because the uh, paramedics are going to be carrying 9 millimeters as they walk in right. the door. I'm just going to get him to the couch. Uh, Papa Mulder, this is your time to come clean to your son about things. Give him advice he needs. He's in danger. You gave it to him in the most cryptic BS <laughs> 1940s man. I can't fully yeah. get in touch with my emotions. I'm going to communicate my emotions cryptically to you, son. Son, the pain that I carry, you'll soon get the answers to what destroyed me. Don't let it destroy you. You'll soon get the answers. Mm-hmm. You're assuming all things You'll find stay. out. You're about assuming the course of current actions will continue. My name will come up. You'll find out what the merchandise is and what the vaccines are. 
Jesus Christ, Dad! I need to know here. Yeah, somebody turned trying to kill me. Son, it's you're in involved the, in this? It's in the script, so you will definitely find out. Uh, you have to turn to page five of the script to find out what? <laughs> Smoking Man and I were part of this massive cover yeah. up. There's all this stuff. I'm involved in it. The file you have, get rid of it now. Go on the lamb. They're going to kill you. They're going to kill you for this. Which right is now, why son. your sister was kidnapped, because I was in too deep and making contact, and they came looking for me, but instead took her. Politically, you've always been your own man. Your politics are your own. But once you take a stand and commit, you'll have to commit to their agenda. What What does this even mean? What exactly? What is the point? Just get to the point, Dad. You were forced to be evil because you chose a political alignment? Cryptic. Yeah. Oh, man. We just keep... You know what? We keep knocking this episode down. My rating has gone down. Thanks, guys. What? (laughs) It's entertaining. Uh, yes, it's it fun, is, it's well-paced, it's it, not it boring, ends, but... It, it ends the season on the ultimate cliffhanger. It does, it does, that's true. Which is another rip. <laughs> I understand oh, you want to... Did Mulder die? How did Mulder survive? We need to make it look like Mulder's dead. You did way too good of a job <laughs> on this. He's in a box car, in the ground, with one exit through a hatch that is a flamethrower. From military-grade explosives Scott, and combustibles. I have a way out. Mulder's I, dead. I Mulder's ex- dead, even if he hid under the stack no, of alien no. bodies that didn't decompose for some reason in the desert I, for 50 years. I have an explanation. It's airtight container. I have an explanation. He's going to get out with help from Hugh. Mm. For those of you sickies that don't get that, <clears throat> back in what season was that with the cliffhanger? Six. Six of Star Trek The Next Generation, it ended on a cliffhanger where uh, something happened. Scott, you're going to have to lore, fill in. Lore, Data became evil again because they hit his evil button, and they, they gave him emotions, and Data decided to become evil and torture Jordy to death. <laughs> and they needed help. And they needed help. And the Borg have left the collective. They're following Lore as like a god. And... Uh, well, they ambush Picard because Picard thinks the, the best way to figure out what's going on with this Borg invasion is for the crew to go out in, like, teams of three. And they ambush Picard and, like, 300 Borg have him at gunpoint. So everyone is, you know, this was back in elementary when Scott was like, I don't know how they're going to do this. I don't know how they're going to get out. I don't know how they're going to get out. And my dad, who apparently is the smartest guy, wisest man in the world, said, ah, Hugh's going to get him out of it. And I mentioned, not knowing what that meant, I repeated it to Scott, who incredulously believed it, but didn't believe it. And then it happened, to which he came and said, your dad was right. <laughs> Hugh got them out of it. And, I went, and he asked me, ask your dad how he knew, to which my dad said, because Picard didn't kill Hugh when he had the chance. He gave him the humanity route instead of infecting the Borg with a virus that could have eradicated them, so Hugh felt compelled to help them back. It was clear as day. So, um... Well, see, again, I don't understand why you is, don't understand how Mulder the, survives. It's clear The point day. of all this Character is shield. Hugh is gonna get him out. Yeah. Because that's what Hugh does. Rage, your little spiel there reminded me, if you were ever looking into... If you ever want to treat... Google search Robert Beltran, who played Commander Chakotay. He hates Star Trek. He hates Voyager. He's like, the show is so stupid. Every single week, Captain, shields are down to 10%. There's a whole failure. Three other ships are coming. Are they going to make it alive? Yeah, because we got to come back next week and do the same stupid stuff again. <laughs> Activate the major phaser blaster cannon rifle. <laughs> it was a good episode. It was a good interview. He hates he clearly, Star Trek. He clearly did it for the paycheck, which... Goes back to an interesting point said by Bill Maher. You know who actually works pretty well? You wouldn't believe it to say this, but show business. The actors hate the job and they hate each other, but they still make quality. <laughs> Good old I Bill. Mean, yeah. Think about think about uh, the actress that worked. There's one actress that worked for. Uh, uh, Oh, Roman Polanski, who wouldn't let her have a bathroom break, so she peed in a cup and threw it in his face, and they went on to win an Oscar. So why can't everything else work like that? Where these, you know, who hates working with Bill Murray? Everybody. <laughs> well, hey, uh, but supposedly the X Files, at least the actors liked each other. So yeah, it helps. It's that's a perk when that happens. Although I thought, anyway, 
Do I have anything else before we rate this thing? Because I, like I said, I've been my my rating has been getting knocked down thanks to Scott here. I was searching for some existential question or something to discuss about this, but I I, I don't think it's there in this one. I think this is just a good action thriller. Sure, sure. Well, how many uh, dead alien bodies do we want to give this thing? Okay. Yep. I'll start. All right. Despite everything I said sounding like I hate this episode, I don't. Um, It's a good episode. Uh, Compared to other X-Files episodes, it's not the strongest that we've watched. Um, On the whole, I felt season two was in, in many ways not as good as season one. But I'll give this one a seven. It's it's decent. It's entertaining. It's well paced. It's a good cliffhanger. Uh, you see the deepening relationship with with Mulder and Scully and the loyalty they have there, and what Scully's willing to risk for him. Uh, and it allows Dana to stand on her own as the hero. Um, and and so there's a lot of good in this episode. There's a lot of bad. There's even bad that I haven't brought up, and we're not going to get into in this episode. But um. I'll give it a seven. It's it's an above average, decent piece of of um, TV, and you're not going to regret that you spent the time watching it. And it had me hooked that I wanted to watch the next episode. So it succeeded in that, even with all of its flaws. And at the end of the day, if I'm done watching the episode, and the next thing I want to do is see the very next episode immediately, and I'm mad that it leaves on a cliffhanger, you did a good job as a writer. Okay. I'm going to give this a, a good eight, mainly for a lot of the things you already talked about, but also because, yeah, it's a cliffhanger. It ends, and you want to see more, but it also shows you, like, as I said, great special, you know, makeup and really good. I mean, it gets you hooked right at the beginning when it's like brushing off the dirt and you're finding like this corpse there and you don't know what it is it works it brings you in it gets you going and you want to see what it is so I eh, yeah eight because it just gets you and it hooks you I think pretty much the whole episode you are wondering what's going on and that's what the X-Files are supposed to do yeah I I would give it about a six and a half as well it's um, not as well. I would give it a six and a half. I would have given it an eight, but then after listening to all the rips, in addition to my own, it was kind of like, ugh. Okay, oh, are you? Well. Uh, did you just fold the pure pressure? I did. Uh, so, <laughs> um, the problems notwithstanding, <clears throat> it does. The, the best part is that it enha- it furthers the mythology, and. It does leave you on that good cliffhanger that, I'll be honest, I do want to watch the next episode. So, despite it was done, the fact it was done clumsily, it was done well enough. <clears throat> so, yeah, six and a half. Now, real quick, just, uh, you know, your elevator pitch explanation. How would you rate season two? Now, Scott already explained season two was not as good as one. And I would definitely agree with that. Season one, I think, was more fresh. And because they hadn't established a lot, there was a lot more room to um, play mysterious. Whereas season two, you have to start explaining things. You can't just keep you can't just keep things in the mystery box forever. You eventually get as the show goes on, you're gonna have to start explaining, and the explanations better be pretty good. So even though it was a good season, it wasn't as good as season one, which is kind of typical. You had, I think part of the problem that you're going to get into in season two is that you didn't think so well of how you continue the end of season one. You wrote yourself to to this um, spectacular ending in a corner, and now you come back for season two, and the X-Files are shut down. And Mulder and Scully are going their separate ways. And there aren't very many interesting stories to tell at this point about, you know, Dana being a medical examiner, basically, and Mulder doing transcriptions. Um, So you had to work your way out of that corner really quick, too. And the way you ended up doing that was ham-fisted, to say the least. Uh, X-Files reopened because of Chernobyl guy in water. Um, You had some really good moments in here. You know, one breath. 
Yeah. You had some really good episodes, some really good moments. But this was a transition season. And, and on the balance, I think when you write yourself into a corner and you need to reset and rewrite your way out of something and hit a refresh button, um, you leave yourself to have some some unbalanced moments and episodes. Right. And I think they were they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with the rest of this series at this point because you kind of went to the natural conclusion of it in season one. Yeah. So now you had to re- redesign your, your concept trying to stay away from alien of the week or creature of the week, still keep telling a story that is serialized but episodic in nature too. And um, it wasn't a bad season. They navigated that well. I don't think they came up with any clunkers that were just terrible. And and, and I, I thought part of that's carried by the acting, part of its quality writing. Um, ultimately, you see why this show has gone on for as long yeah. as it has. But ultimately, I think it was just a little weaker because things were rushed, transitions were rushed, and you're really resetting the field in my mind with this yeah. season. Well, I, being I've pretty much seen all of it, I will say they really did. I mean, season one's a tight one that took time to create, and it worked. As you said, it really wrote themselves into a corner. They had to get out of that corner. Season two, though, does begin quite well to develop the ties between Scully and Mulder quite a bit more. Um, season 1, you see a little bit of it, but you don't see quite as much. Season 2 is when you actually see it kind of beginning. And I think Season 2 as is a transition. It's also more of a base-building season, almost. Because, well, Season 1 was your pilot. It worked. But now, you gotta build your base to continue. And I... It works if you think of it that way. You got to start explaining things too without giving away the whole mystery. Right. So again, it, if you build the base using season two as your base, it works and makes sense. So if you take it that way, it works. If you just go, "Hey, here's a season," uh, it's not quite as good. Yeah. But again, it it did have a big hurdle to jump over of. Well, where do you go and how do you get there? Along with the obvious question, what are you doing? Because I'm sorry, but every week a new alien or a new creature is going to get stale and you have to figure out something to do. And the biggest thing, in my opinion, and this might just be my opinion, is that you have to get this huge overarching story figured out. which. I don't even think they knew where it was going yet because I wonder it, you men in black and dark and hidden secrets. And where do you go? You, it never ends because again, as you mentioned earlier, conspiracy theories lead to conspiracy theories that lead yeah. to conspiracy theories. It's easier to make the theory or the mystery than it is to solve it. Always. So that's, that's the difficulty when you're writing a show like this or any story like this is you could go into the Abrams effect and get way too fixated on just making mysteries. And it's like, well, you got to land a plane at some point. There's got to be the story that's ended. You know, little <clears throat> Jim Shooter of Marvel used to say that little Miss Muffet is the primary archetype of a story. Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet. You've established character and what's going on, eating her curds and ways. Okay, you know what she's doing, what she does. When along came a spider and sat down beside her. Okay. Then conflict. There's the conflict. There's the what? The adversary and scared little Miss Muffet away. Okay. The, the per- character's response to the conflict. You got to have that. And even if there's a mystery not answered because it's not essential to that, <clears throat> if you don't have that, if your whole story is little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet, why? <laughs> Well, okay, and you just left it at that. Well, you didn't make a story. So anyway, that <clears throat> we're going to we'll see next time we do season 3 if they keep on answering that well. So you could stay tuned for that. But that will not be next month. Next month will be a different topic, of course, but in the meantime, you could tell us what you think about this season at our Discord page. And while you're there, you could check out our other shows like Zodiac Task Force and new episodes should be dropping pretty soon. And also why you should. Uh, 
recently ruck has reviewed my hero academia season two why you should watch that i haven't seen it yet but yes you should and also black lotus which is an extra long episode but honestly not black lotus black um orchid oh shoot i forget the name of the app black clover black clover black clover that's the name of it black, black flower of some kind i was thinking of magic the gathering you know? <laughs> black lotus well that that one, one five thousand dollar card that, that one i would like a black lotus don't get <laughs> yes i would like a black lotus thing original not that one thousand alpha yes garbage thing they made please but give it, me a black lotus alpha edition please Yes, please. But anyway. If you have it, please send it to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, interesting thing about the Black Lotus, it's a decent card, but it I don't know. it Its value is disproportional to its use. It's not bad, but it's not the it's monumental. In game, it's not, it has its use, but again, it now it's is just valued most. because it is a Black Lotus. Uh, yeah, from the original. it's not the most monumental thing in the world. I mean, I think Mirror Universe is more valuable. But anyway, so... Before we get down the rabbit hole, yeah, but, which Magic this is not, card this is is not MTG <laughs> malady, but anyhow, uh, so... Yeah, you could check out there the other shows. You could check out the backlog of Casatorium or Malady. And you could also just engage with us plain or simple on Discord. That's the easiest way. Or you can also go to our website at www.the truth is out there but the truth will lead you to truth that they don't want you to know but it's truth that they want you to know because they want you to look here because they don't want you to look where the truth is but somewhere out there the truth might possibly be out there www the truth is out there some of the truth is out there or it isn't ravinglunaticmedia.com or ravinglunaticmedia.com or ravinglunaticmedia.com where's my tinfoil hat rage master what's left for them to do stay sick sickies and search for the truth keep watching the skis how many spaces are in that URL? I was going to say, please try that URL and let us know what happens. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> Never try the URL I give. Raving Lunatic.